We're in Daniel chapter 4, verses 10 through 18. Now these were the visions in my head as I lay on my bed. I was looking, and behold, there was a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong, and its height reached to the sky, and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the sky inhabited its branches, and all flesh fed itself from it. I was looking in the visions in my head as I lay on my bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. He called out loudly and said thus, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches, strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it and the birds from its branches. Yet leave the stump with its root in the earth, but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field. And let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him share with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from that of a man and let the heart of a beast be given to him and let seven periods of time pass over him. This edict is by the resolution of the watchers and the decision is a command of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the Most High is the powerful ruler over the kingdom of mankind and gives it to whom he wishes and sets up over it the lowliest of men. This is the dream which I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. But you, Belteshazzar, say to me its interpretation, inasmuch as none of the wise men of my kingdom is able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able, for a spirit of the holy gods is in you. Good morning, everybody. So we're in Daniel chapter 4, and what's going on in Daniel 4 is this. Um, Daniel is a Hebrew boy, Hebrew young man. And the Jews have been defeated by Babylon. And so all these Hebrews have been scooped up from their homes and are now living in this foreign land. They're in exile in Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar is the great king there. This chapter begins, chapter 4 begins with the king saying the weirdest thing. The king says, I believe I have put my faith in the most high God. That's really weird because and, and the king before this has never regarded the Lord. And you meet him in four and he's giving the Lord praise. The question is, what could have happened? What could have made this powerful, mighty king? Bow the knee before the Lord. Now I say this. It is the heart of Jesus Christ that every person would meet the Lord God of heaven. It is Christ's desire that every person, there is no one you've ever met that Jesus doesn't want to reach. He leaves the 99, he chases the one, and he looks for us. He even desires to reach this pagan king with his love. So what does the Lord do? The Lord sends this king a dream. And here's the dream. The dream says, there was a tree, it grew large, it became strong. 
Its height reached to the sky. It was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful, its fruit abundant, and in it was food for all. And the beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the sky inhabited its branches, and all flesh fed itself from it. So in the king's dream, he's sleeping in his silk sheets, in his soft bed, and in the dream, it begins like a Disney movie. There's this big, beautiful tree. The sky is blue. Now, I don't know you guys. I'm a city boy. And city boys often don't regard nature very well. But I married a tree farm girl. The girl I married grew up on a Christmas tree farm. And she loves trees. So much so that she said we got married. We, we, we bought a house. Like We moved to Flint, bought a house. And she said, I want three things in our house. I'm like, what do you want, babe? She goes, I want a basement. I want a fireplace for the winter. And I want a tree. All she wanted. Basement, fireplace, tree. So I searched. I looked. And we found a house with these three things. In our backyard, we have a tree. It's a good tree. It's an oak. A mighty oak. When the season changes, acorns fall off this oak. If you're sitting out on the deck and one lands on you, you know about it. Like acorn hits you. Now, because of our tree, our backyard is full of lots of wildlife. For example, out my back window, we always have birds. Because the birds come and literally land on the branches of our oak tree and chill out. Cardinals. Blue jays, just all kinds of colorful, beautiful. My daughter keeps a log of all the birds she sees every year. Because the acorns fall, the squirrels come. And right now, this is the season. Right now, my daughter takes pictures. The goal right now in my house is to find the fattest squirrel. Because squirrels find acorns, they fatten up for the winter, right? Before. It, we, there was one yesterday, and this dude, this dude's living good. This dude, he's doing all right. But they, they get the acorns, they find them, they bury them, they keep them. We have all kinds of life in our backyard because of this big oak tree. And what he says in this dream is there's this great tree, but this tree is a blessing to all the animals in this forest. We're told that birds find shade under the branches of this tree. That the fruit of this tree feeds animals. We're told that birds make their home in its branches. So this tree, the, the dream begins, branches out, tree is great and big, and it's all these forest critters, and it's a happy, blue sky, Disney dream. But the dream turns. Verse 13. I was looking in the visions in my head as I lay on my bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. I love that Daniel does not use the word angel. The word angel, for many of us, we've overused the word so much, you know what I'm saying? It says, it says a watcher comes down from heaven. And a watcher reminds you of like the Ezekiel creatures. All these eyeballs and wings and lion's head and... This crazy supernatural creature comes from heaven and speaks. This is what it says. It says, 
he called out loudly and said thus, chop down the tree. Cut off its branches. Don't just chop the tree down. I've chopped the trees down in my life. You chop this down. You strip it of its foliage. You strip its needles. You strip its leaves. You leave it bare and ugly. You cut off its branches. You scatter the fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it. Let the birds fly from its branches. The angel comes from heaven. The watcher comes down and says, that great beautiful tree that blesses all these animals. It's almost like in the dream, it's like the sky gets dark. You hear thunder in the distance. And the watcher says, cut that tree down. This great tree is pulled to the ground. Its foliage stripped. Its branches cut off. The animals run in fear. And this once vibrant community is left desolate. It says, yet leave the stump with its roots in the earth, with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field. So this tree is cut down, but the stump is left there in the field. And the angel tells us why. The angel says this in verse 17. This edict is by the resolution of the watchers, and the decision is a command of the holy ones in order that the living may know that the Most High is the powerful ruler over the kingdom of mankind and gives it to whomever he wishes and sets, over, up, sets up over it the lowliest of men. So at the end of the dream, the watcher says, the purpose of this dream is to teach someone a lesson. Someone's got to learn that God is God and God, <laughs> he can make things great and he can pull them down. Someone needs to learn this lesson. The king wakes up and goes, what's that about? I mean, he's, he kind of told what it's about, but he don't want to admit what it's about. And he calls all his wise men, tells them the dream, and everyone's like, I don't know what it's about. Finally, Daniel comes, and Daniel says this. Verse 19, then Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, was appalled for a while as his thoughts were alarming him. The king answered and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or temptation alarm you. Belteshazzar says and answers, my lord, if only the dream applied to those who hate you and its interpretation to your adversaries. What's going on here? The king, okay, Daniel hears the dream and Daniel doesn't talk. Daniel looks heavy. Daniel's like, oh man. He goes, Daniel, don't be afraid. Tell me what the dream means. I'm not going to kill you. Give me the bad news. Tell me what's going on. Daniel goes, man, king, I wish this dream was not for you. Here's what the dream means. Verse 20. The tree that you saw, which became large and grew strong, whose height reached the sky and was visible to the, all the earth, whose foliage was beautiful, its fruit abundant, and in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field inhabited, in, and in whose branches the birds of the sky dwelt. It is you, O king. You're the great tree, for you have become great and grown strong, and your greatness has become even greater and reached to the sky, and your dominion to the end of the earth. Nebuchadnezzar, you're the tree. God has made you great. 
God has given you power and might and strength. But I want you to hear what the strength was given for. Why did God bless them? Now, in this passage, we're told that God gives the king authority and power and might. And it says, the most high God, who's the ruler of all the earth, gives authority to whom he will. In this room, not many of us are mayors or governors or sheriffs. A lot of us have very small areas of authority. You might be a parent. You have authority over your parents, right? Or your kids, I mean. I tell my kids, go to bed at 8.30, and they got to listen. They complain, but they got to listen. It may be, maybe you're a boss at your workplace, and you have authority over your employees. You set the schedule and say, you work Tuesday, you work Saturday, whatever. Some of us have a little bit of authority, but a lot of us don't have very much authority. So how does this apply to us? Now listen. The Lord God gives King Nebuchadnezzar greatness. I want to talk about this today. We may not be given authority and power and might, but every one of us, God gives gifts. God gives talent. God gives passion. God gives us stuff. And here's the reality of the stuff he gives. We're told this great tree that God blesses, it's a blessing to everything around it. The birds are blessed. The animals are blessed. The fruit falls and feeds things. Listen. The gifts we're given are given to be shared. The gifts we're given are not meant to be heaped up on ourselves. There's this movie called The Dark Knight, and in that movie, the Joker says, the Joker says, if you're good at something, don't do it for free. In his world, if you have a talent, if you have a skill, use your skills, use your greatness to get stuff. Use your passion to take from others. I prefer Spider-Man to the Joker. And Spider-Man says... With great power comes great responsibility. That if you're given a strong gift, you're responsible to use that gift to serve others. Listen, this is why, this is why we love church. Because so As Americans, we're very individual. We're individualistic. We're, we're autonomous creatures. I've heard many Christians say, I don't need the church. It's just me and God. That's all I need, just me and God. I was in class once. I was in college, and some young punk challenged the prof. And the kid said to the prof, he raised his hand, because the prof was saying, we need community. We need the church. We need the family of God. This kid raised his hand. The teacher goes, yes. The kid goes, well, my dad doesn't go to church at all. He says all he needs is him and the Lord. What do you say about that? Now listen, in a debate, in a debate, you never bring real people into it. That's a debate stopper, you know what I'm saying? He goes, well, my dad does that. And the prof just goes, your dad sounds like an arrogant, unhelpful man. And everyone was like, that was awesome. But listen, listen, what I want to say is this. Every one of us has been given a gift. Every one of us. 
it's very easy to think to ourselves, I have nothing to give. I'm not as talented as that person or this person or that lady. I can't sing like them. I can't play guitar like that person. I, what do I have to give to the world? We're reading a book right now. Uh, every month we do a book club here at the church. This month we're reading a book called A Place of Healing by Joni Erickson Tata. Joni Erickson Tata, when she was 16 years old, she dove off a raft into some water, didn't know there was something underneath the water, there was something underneath there, and she dove and hit it, and she was paralyzed from the neck down at 16 years old. She spent the last 50 years confi uh, confined to a wheelchair. Now, Joni Erickson Tata... She started a ministry called Joni and Friends. What she does is she ministers to people who have long-term disability, who have handicapped and carrying this life. She ministers to many people. And she tells a story in her book. I read it yesterday. I was at home reading, and this story, I was reading, and I was reading the worst kind of reading. I was reading to finish my chapter, to mark off a tick box, and move on. I was kind of scanning. I'm like, da -da 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 -da. I'm just moving through fast. And this story stopped me in my tracks. Joni Tata heard her ministry, did a talent show for, this, for Nashville for all people who had disabilities. People signed up from around the city to come and share their gifts and their talents. Well, this one girl signs up to sing a song, but this girl had muscular dystrophy. In a very extreme case, she was in a wheelchair, bound to it, and she could barely speak. And the, the, the organizers thought to themselves, how is she going to sing? This young girl can barely talk. How can she sing a song? Her time comes at the talent show, and she, she has a wheelchair that has a, 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 a controller on it, and she goes up onto the stage. And her wheelchair has a, a little type pad, and she could type words, and it would talk with electronic voice, you know. It would talk for her. It would say, I'm thirsty, or I'm hungry, or... It, 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 it was like a, it would speak for her. You ever seen one of those things, how the electronic voice does that? Okay. She comes up on the stage, and everyone's like, what's going to happen? Well, she pushes a button, and in that electronic voice, the voice begins singing the song, Amazing Grace. And that young girl, she can't sing. But as the, the, the chair speaks for her, she just mouths the words. Now, Joni said in that, that auditorium in Nashville, suits and ties and lots, hundreds and hundreds of people are there. Listen, she said that it, she blessed everyone in that room because she had this song that had meant so much to her and she wanted to share it and she couldn't sing. She couldn't push breath out of her mouth, but she said, I want to give this story, this poem, this song because it's true. Jesus saved me. I want the world to know how amazing his grace is. And so she goes up there and she does, she gives, she has a little to give, but what she has, she gives away and blesses everybody there. And listen, you didn't just bless everybody there. I'm reading the story three years later and I'm still blessed by it. Listen, you may not feel as though you have the greatest gifts to share, but you have something. There's a guy in our church, so last week, our toilet in the church breaks. Well, it doesn't break, it just, 
water comes out from the bottom of the, the, the toilet. That's not good. One of our volunteers was like, I think she's like, I need some Clorox bleach wipes. Someone put all over the seat. I'm like, oh, you deal with that. Um, she, so she cleans it, comes out and goes, it's something's wrong. It, I cleaned it and it just came back. So we go in there and sure enough, it's... Now listen, do I know how to take a toilet off the floor and redo the wax ring? Sure, I could figure it out. I could watch YouTube, right? Years ago, at my house, I had a toilet go bad. And so I pulled it off, put it in the bathtub. It took me a week to fix that toilet. I'm not handy. I'm not. I'm watching videos. I'm looking. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how you're doing this. Like in my house, you could go to the bathroom or get a shower. Either one you couldn't do. So I, I could have done that, but it would take me three days, ten hours, and I would have lost my salvation at least twice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could have done that. We have a guy in the church, though, and he's, he, he's good with his hands. You know what I'm saying? He just, he, he sees stuff, he fixes stuff, he's a jack of all trades. You know what I'm saying? And this dude... I call him, go, dude, toilet's leaking, yo. <laughs> he showed up, brought his tool thing in there, 28 minutes. Like a, like a, like a cowboy with a calf. <sighs> but here's the deal. This guy had a giftedness, and he used that giftedness to serve someone else. Whatever, look, if the Lord is, whatever he's given you, that gift is given you, you can serve and bless others. That gift that comes from God is not given to you to heap it on yourself. It's meant to touch and serve other people. Now, the king is told, you're the tree. And you, God made you great, God made you mighty, and your rule has brought peace and prosperity to many people across this land. But, verse 23, but in that the king saw a watcher, a holy one, descending from heaven and saying, chop down the tree and destroy it. Let, yet leave the stump with its roots in the earth, with a band of iron and browns around it in the new grass of the field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts of the field until seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the resolution of the Most High, which has reached my Lord the King. You will be driven away from mankind. Your place of habitation will be with the beasts of the field. You will be given grass to eat like the cattle, and you'll be drenched with the dew of heaven. And seven periods of time will pass over you. For seven years, you're going to lose your mind. You're going to sleep out. It's just under the dew of heaven. It means you just sleep outside, wake up every day wet with the dew of the night. You're going to eat grass like the cows eat. You're going to lose your mind and be given the mind of an animal for seven years. King Nebuchadnezzar, God is going to cut you down. Here's the reality. God gives gifts. But God can take them away too. God takes Greatness can be taken. This 
God said, look, at you were given all this. You're going to be cut down and lose everything. There's a band I loved when I was in high school, a Christian band called Audio Adrenaline. They, their biggest hit was called Big House. It was a big, big house with lots, lots of food. Yeah, anyways. I saw them live twice. I used to, dude, their albums still jam to this day. They still go on tour, but they're, they're um, different people playing it. The band went on hiatus for years. No, I don't know why. That the, what happened was, on Adrenaline, they sing songs of the Lord. They sing songs of praise to the Lord for years and years and years. But one day, the lead singer, his vocal cords just stopped working. He had this very rare disease where they wouldn't tighten and vibrate to create sound. So when you go to speak, or sing, it just would be air coming through with inability to make syllables and sounds. I've met, I've seen this disease in person, and this disease, like every other few words, becomes just a breathy air. And this lead singer begged God to heal him. If you give me my voice, I will sing your praise. If you give me my talent back, I will use it to praise you. And he never got it back. Listen, whatever gift you've been given, just got to know this. The gifts aren't eternal. Our talents, our skills, our money, our strength, they fade. I remember ministering to this man, a strong, independent, jack-of-all-trades, and he got Lou Gehrig's disease. Lou Gehrig's over time, it takes effort. You will become a prisoner in your own body. Soon you can't walk, and then you can't move your arms, and then you're just in a chair. And I'd go to see him every few weeks. This man was used to using his strength to do what he wanted when he wanted, and as he, he watched that strength fade away from him. I say this to us. The gift you've been given, don't hoard it. While you have it, share it. While you have it, share it. We have no guarantee the gift will be there tomorrow. The talent, the skills, we used to have uh, here at our church the Flint City Moving Company. This sounds weird. For a while, we had a bunch of high school kids here at church. Um, Pastor John had three boys, and those boys were all young and strong. So would anyone ever, would any, whenever anyone in the church needed to move, we'd grab the three Combs boys. I'd be there. we got from the crew, and we would move them. We did so many moves, the church would get calls asking us to move them for money. Like, listen, we're not a real company. We just, it's a ministry we do in-house for our church people. We're moving someone next Tuesday, coming out of retirement. But here's the deal. That was 10 years ago. I was thinking 32 years old, young and strong and able. Going Tuesday to move, I'm like, I don't want to go move nobody. My back's going to be sore. My feet hurt. You know what I'm saying? 
my, like I used to have all this muscle to give, and over time, this body slowly got a bad shoulder, rolled my ankle. <laughs> my point is very simple. These things God has given, praise the Lord, he gives such gifts to all of us. He's, every one of us has been given by the Lord. We've been empowered to share something. We've all been empowered to share something. But just, some people think, I'll use it for myself now, and when I'm 60, then I'll serve him. Don't wait. Use the strength, the talents, the skills, the resources to bless the community. The king is told, God's going to cut you down. Everything he's given you is going to be taken away. And then he says this. He tells him the reason for the taking. He said, for seven years, you'll be out there in the field living like an animal until you know that the Most High is the powerful ruler over the kingdom of mankind and gives it to whomever he wishes. He says, listen, King, God's going to cut you down so you'll learn that your greatness, your skills, your power do not come from yourself, but they were a gift from the Lord the entire time. Back in the, uh, is it 80s, early 90s, here in Detroit, we had, the, we had the Pistons, the bad boys. We won two titles back to back. And one of our guys was Bill Lambeer. And after one of the, after one of the, the victories, Bill Lambeer was asked, who do you want to thank for this win? A lot of times athletes will say things like, I want to thank God, I want to thank the team, thank my mama. Right? People say things like that after, after a basketball game, after a football game. Bill Lambeer just goes, I don't want to thank anybody. I did this. I worked hard. I practiced. I won this game. Him I say, the Lord can cut you down. Listen. I have had people in my life, I had a guy recently ask me, Ernesto, how did you get out of the city? How did you build a life for yourself? How are you not a crazy psycho the way you grew up? Now, part of you, part of me wants to answer and say, well, I... I'm smart and I'm wise. I did this cool thing. I had this awesome plan. But in reality, I know the truth. God was kind to me. Yeah. I'm, I don't have Angie, the kids, the church. I don't, this is not because I'm so smart. It's because God is so kind and has blessed our family mightily. Yeah. And let's realize the gifts we've been given, God gives those. The good things we have, listen, if you have to get the faith, if you have faith in the Lord, it's a gift from the Lord. If it's easy for you to pray and trust Him, it's a gift from the Lord. If you love reading the Bible, it's a gift from the Lord. Whatever gifts you're given, be careful not to judge others who are different than you. Because listen, the good things you have are not because you're so awesome. So some people ask myself, you grew up poor, 
How'd you go to college? I want to say, I worked real hard and made my way. That's a lie. The truth is, the Lord gave me a good church, and those good people loved me and helped me go to school. And when I had no money, I got a check from someone in the church saying, I know it's hard for you. Here's 100 bucks. You can make it. I didn't pull myself up by my bootstraps. I had good people. God was so kind, he helped me go. God is the giver of greatness. God is the giver of gifts. And Nebuchadnezzar has to learn this. Nebuchadnezzar thinks to himself that this thing, he, this thing he has, he thinks he built it himself, and God has to teach him a lesson. And Daniel ends by saying this. Daniel says this in verse 27. Therefore, O king, may my advice seem good to you. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor in, care, in case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. Daniel says to the king, listen, be cool. For, be as cool as you can and prolong this coming axe. The axe is going to fall. Listen, fear God, obey him, and maybe the axe will stay away a little longer. Now, this whole sermon today is all about cool things. It's very positive, if you will. God has gifted you. God has called you. God has empowered you. Serve one another. Love each other. These are all nice things to say. But listen, next week, the axe has to fall. God warned the king. And free spoiler, the king ain't going to listen. I'm telling you, when you think about your life, even your hard life, be grateful for what God has given. I could say, you know what? If I tell my life story, I could say, I never had a father. Or I could say, thank God, God gave me a mother. See the difference in those two stories? One is like, man, God, you done robbed me. The other one is like, thank you, Lord, for the blessing. Listen, there's gifts. Even in the hardest life, there is his hand blessing and pulling and lifting up. Be grateful to him. Because if you're not grateful, there is an axe. And that good stuff he gave, you can take it away. With that said, let us pray together. Father in heaven, as your word says, you are the most high God, the ruler of all the earth, that your dominion is forever and ever. You give authority and power. You give gifts and greatness to whomever you wish. Lord, help us be grateful people, knowing that the good things in our lives come from your hand. Friendships, relationships, jobs, careers, gifts, talents. These things are gifts from your hand. Let us receive them with joyful hearts. Praising you, Lord. Praising you for your kindness towards us. And Lord, we look forward to next week. We know that for ingratitude and for pride, you've answered for that too. For the grateful, you've needed to bless. But for the proud, Lord. You give grace to the humble, Lord, but you resist the proud. Help us be humble. 
that we may never know that great acts. In Christ, we ask all these things. Amen.